to your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the eagles eating teams like bacon steaks and cheese it's philadelphia bow and shield in the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins still bows old arch nemesis greg cosell shows up and it gets real pull up a branch and chill it's time to get ill with some birds with friends the early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends bow wolf and shoe coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings you can't live up to expectations so just do your best (laughs) that's what i tell myself in most life endeavors (laughs) just go with what you saw today change your opinion daily yeah i'm all about that you'll be wrong often but then you can just point back to when you were right no one will remember no one's listening hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends bo wolf shield kapadia zach berman as we wrap up the draft, the Eagles, a very busy day three uh, with seven picks on day three, several trade downs. But uh, the most important thing that everybody wants to know, Sheil, how are you doing? I'm ready to get this over with. Let's go. What do you think? Ten minutes? Twelve minutes? How are you guys, how are you guys, how are you guys feeling? Like, do you, do, you, do you think you could remember anything you wrote about some of these guys, some of these grades at the end of the draft? No, I'm waiting for our story to be updated. I really actually need that as we talk about these guys because I have no idea who they took, who's who, Prince, uh, you know, seven wide Mark receivers who run four, two. They signed yeah, two so. princes. So, okay. Spin doctors. Uh, okay. So why don't we, before we even get to the players they, they took – well, you know, let's do it this way. I will quickly run down the players they took, but then we will talk about. Uh, we just spoke to Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, and Andy Weidel, so we'll we'll get your reactions to that. But quickly, I will just say, I say uh, let's go. I say let's go speed round on the players they picked. How about that? Do that first. Here, I, I'm setting a. I'm setting a. Uh, how many players did they pick today? Seven. We're, all right, seven, we're gonna seven. do this right. All right, so we're gonna do two minutes on every player that uh, that they chose today. We can rotate who leads off each time, and if other people have time to chime in, they can. If you know, if we don't need the two minutes, then we don't need the two minutes. Uh, how does that sound? He's Just hijacking that, your show, Bo. This no, is gonna that be sounds good. good. This is gonna be great. Yeah. So, Bo, do you have the list in front of you? Of, I do. Uh, okay. All right. So, who wants to start? I guess I should start since I nailed this pick. Well, yes. Let me just say <laughs> the the 127th pick overall. They select the positionless safety, or not safety, the positionless player from Clemson, Kayvon Wallace. Starting with me. Here we go. All right. So, yes, this is a safety from uh, Clemson. He's a downhill player. Another guy who really tested well, uh, tested in the 96.8 percentile, ran a 4.53. And so this is really goes along with everything we've heard from them this offseason. You know, we've made fun of the positionless thing, but they obviously are kind of viewing that nickel Free safety, strong safety, you know, they're, they're kind of mixing and matching there. And so, uh, Kayvon Wallace is a guy I had predicted in sort of our game and also, uh, my mock draft there. And so, uh, I thought that this was a, a good pick. What did you guys think? I thought it was a fine pick. He, he, as you said, he fits those, uh, he fits those things and they certainly need safety help. I think it's a fine pick. And if the, uh, the short-term upside is maybe he can get involved in three safety packages. And uh, judging by the fact that they did not add an outside corner in this draft, I think it's possible that Jalen Mills is uh, potentially going back on the outside. Oh, good yeah, point. Yeah, I, I, I like the that, – actually, that is a good point. Uh, I, I like the pick. I like the player. Uh, there were other safeties on on the board who, who I thought 
uh, very highly of. But um, in Wallace's case, I think he, he checks off a lot of the boxes like Sheil mentioned. I uh, think it's it's a short-term and long-term need for the Eagles. Uh, and think he's a guy who who could potentially um, write his name on the depth chart here. So to speak, like uh, I, thought you know, I, put, I, think, I thought you were going to go real bold, like write his name in the annals of the record book of the no, Eagles of Eagles history. Ohio. Can't the Ohio. Best, he might be the best uh, Clemson safety in Eagles history. No, uh, no, I, no. Uh, CJ Gaddis. Yeah, it does feel like they have seventeen guys whose best trait is to play nickel. So I mean, I don't know if that's his best trait or not. I'm hoping to watch some film on him, but they do have to uh, certainly sort some of these things out, but I thought it was a fine use of a fourth-round pick. All right, five seconds under. All right, all right. So, so in next? the Al you know, draft, Shield had pegged Jalen Rager in the first round. Zach had pegged Davion Taylor in the third round. Shield got Kayvon Wallace to take a lead, and then he doubled up again in the fourth round, um, infuriatingly, with Jack Driscoll, <laughs> the offensive well lineman from Auburn. I mean, three right, three correct picks in a mock draft. Uh, that's pretty good. I mean, it's not quite my, you know, uh, take a whiff, Brandon Graham Super Bowl prediction, but uh, I was feeling pretty good about myself today. I don't know if I'll be able to beat that. I was also thinking, among the three of us, our mock drafts, how many picks did we get right? Because, Zach, you, you had Davion Taylor in yours, didn't you? I did, yes. And Bo, did you have you had a did you have a Quez Watkins in yours? I don't think I had them in the final mock draft, but I certainly oh, had them throughout. If I can play the okay. hyper card, well, <laughs> no, no, you can. Bo, you did eighteen hundred mock drafts, so no, you best can't. case scenario, yeah. worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would have to look at our final post because it, yeah, at least at least we touched on these guys at some point yes. in the past, like uh, three weeks. All right, no time to waste time in between these. Nice try there, Bo. All right, the clock is running. Uh, Zach, you can uh, be up for this one for uh, Jack Driscoll. T- yeah, for ra- uh, the fourth round pick, one forty-five. Jack Driscoll, offensive lineman of Auburn. Go. Yes, uh, spent the past two years uh, at Auburn. Before that was at UMass, has, has played mostly right tackle, but uh, seems like he projects as, a, as an interior guy. And interestingly enough, in talking to him after the draft, he said that he's been getting work uh, throughout the pre-draft process at center. And that's a position that, that he could potentially play. Uh, he took repeated questions about that. Uh, he, he, is, he tested very well athletically. Um, I don't have the percentiles in, in, in front of me, but in terms of the 40 and in, in, in terms of a few of the other athletic testing, uh, he was in a high percentile there. A smart guy, uh, has his MBA from Auburn, his undergrad from UMass, um, had a 3.8 GPA, I believe, was a, uh, finalist for, uh, the, for essentially the academic Heisman. Uh, and, and, and so the combination of athleticism, intelligence, and, uh, he, and, he, and he was a good player in the SEC at Auburn. Um, that That's the direction the Eagles went with that fourth-round pick. I'm going to steal my Jack Driscoll time just to mention that uh, Kayvon Wallace ha- was by far <laughs> the best of the uh, seven interviews today from the player perspective. He was fantastic. Oh, good. Big fan. All right. Yeah, that that that's very nice. I think. Why Zach did you said, like Jack Driscoll? Why did you project him to the Eagles? Well, I had him in the sixth round, uh, you know. But you know, Green once City. you get to the fourth, yeah, maybe. But uh, I don't know. You, you think I have some method to my madness? You it's see also like got, the last pick of the fourth round. Yeah, essentially. I, 
I saw he's played different positions. I thought that was good. I saw he was athletic. I thought that was good. And a little I saw bit he old was for sm- my taste, but and I and I saw he was uh, sm- at least book smart. So it seemed like all mm-hmm. right, this is a guy you can get in, and maybe he'll work hard. There wasn't really uh, much more to it. But as we've discussed, Howie Roseman has had success with day three offensive linemen. I think uh, you know this is a fine pick. There are no red flags. He's got stuff to work with, and maybe you can develop him into uh, into something. All right, boom! There it is. Two minutes. Wow, I, we're really. I think- I I would just say I think the center thing is is pretty interesting if if that's the direction they they go with it. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's it it would be nice if we had a little bit more time to yeah. talk to um you know Howie or Andy Weidel about each player, which we didn't get. Um, I I think the center thing is more just he was doing it to show teams he can do it. I think he okay. I think he's more of a guard, but that's that's just a uh you know a guess. So. All right, play, both of you blatantly breaking the rules right there. Let's let's not let that uh, happen are, again here. These are we suggestions. Will, we will skip the uh, the trade and get to that. They, so uh, the trade down from one forty six. Oh, oh, you want to skip the the, the, the player veteran trade. trade? Yeah, we'll get to okay. the veteran veteran trade at the end. Bo, you can lead us off. Uh, pick. Well, one, I think six. we can do the veteran trade because it's all part and parcel of the. Uh, they're I'm sorry. These wide receivers. It's no, all part of this deal. I think we might need more than two minutes on that one. So let's uh, right, like, listen to you. Yeah. All right, uh, fifth round, one sixty-eight. Jo- I mean, you can mention uh, a fifth it, but... round, one sixty-eight. A man who. Uh, all right, go. When we when I went down to the Shrine game, I said, "This is the guy." You asked me after the Shrine game, Shield, who is the one guy if you water gun to your head that you think the Eagles might take? And I said, John Hightower. He was the one receiver there with real juice. Um, now it turned out, unbeknownst to me, that he was a little bit older than I liked. <laughs> but uh, I like I liked him on the field as a player, at least compared to the guys there. I thought he was literally the only wide receiver worth liking, and uh, he's got some real juice. He's got some speed. I like. Quez Watkins, who they took in the sixth round a little bit better, but I think uh, this was a uh, a reasonable swing to take in the fifth round, and certainly plays into the speed uh, theme that the Eagles are going for. Uh, so when when we did our our scouting the other receivers, so guys beyond the top ten, and one of the categories was I, I think need for speed, and I I put Hightower down there because I, I really liked the way he tracked deep balls, and and that was the thing that jumped out to me when in the limited time that I watched him uh, was. He, uh, there were guys who were faster than him, but he he has that acceleration gear or that ball tracking gear, how, however you want to phrase it, uh, where he's able to track down the ball, and and so uh, that's a good quality to have. I, I I don't think he's a well-rounded wide receiver, but certainly the Eagles want guys who can stretch the field, and he can do that. Yeah, I didn't love a high tower when we did that uh, exercise. Watched him. I didn't think anything about his route running really stood out. I, he didn't look to me like a true burner when I was watching him uh, against other teams and against uh, other cornerbacks. So he ran a four four three. He averaged eighteen and a half yards per reception. So the guy obviously made a lot of big plays, but that's just what I saw. He did have an issue with uh, drops. Dropped over eleven percent of his catchable targets. So that's something you certainly want to uh, want to work on. But uh, no issue with this pick you got a a fast uh kind of vertical receiver and you see if uh you can get something out of him and he's uh you know he's, he's a fifth round pick i liked him more in person than i did on tape and i will okay. also say that uh one of the practices after practice andy weidel spent a very long time just one-on-one walk and talk with john hightower coming off the oh field. that's a nice nugget uh, so yeah if you, if you had a little more time in that press conference yeah, you could have asked about that. All right, he's I'm also up. from one of Bo, uh, uh, he's he's from one of Bo's least favorite places in the world. Oh, what's that? Landover, Maryland. 
Oh, is he really? Well, yes. yes. <laughs> That's great. Well said. Well, we, so, we, so we will at, hold that against him. <laughs> in round six, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a tough weekend for me game-wise uh, compared to you guys who were really dominating the board. But at pick 196, the Eagles Wait, make a move. Am I supposed to start the clock? Who's up? What are you doing I, here? I, I'm t- I'm, you I'm want still, this one? I'm giving – I'll give the, the prompt, but I'm still – Telling you what, what the pick is going to be. Oh, the, okay. the listeners aren't necessarily – don't know what's going to happen here. Okay. I'm getting crushed in these games. Oh, I'm you're giving I'm, me a narrative. Okay, I like this. I'm, oh, ahead. yeah. I'm over on the – we're just not listening. <laughs> I got to do this whole thing again. But yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> Zach, is, Zach is crushing us both in Duck Duck Juice. Mm. Uh, the turkeys to the kingdom. My my mealy mouth playing the middle did not work out, <laughs> and I'm and and Sheila's dominating the owl, you know draft. But with 196, Sean Bradley comes off the board. My pick from Temple, the speedy linebacker, and all of a sudden, I got a shot. So here we go. Sean Bradley, go ahead, Shield. Okay, Sean Bradley, I'm still kind of confused about where you were going, where you have a shot, and what's going on, but I'll just talk about the player, and then you can explain. So this is an off-ball linebacker from uh, Fight, Fight, Fight for the Cherry in the White, 256 career tackles. One scout told Bob McGinn, really good athlete, a modern uh, space linebacker, can cover a lot of ground. Another guy said... I thought he played real lackadaisical for a guy that had a single-digit jersey. Those guys are supposed to be badasses. I didn't see a guy that deserved to have a single digit. So a real football guy take there. Maybe more of a badass in the classroom than on the field, one might say. (laughs) Maybe, but uh, I enjoyed that take. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he seems fine. It's the sixth round. If you get a, some special teams out of him, that's probably a win. He's a, he's a good athlete. He ran four five one. Uh, you know, I kind of have tempered expectations other than that. Do either of you guys feel differently? No, I, I think that's an, a, a fairly accurate way to say it. You know, he's, he brings speed to the linebacker core. Uh, that's, that's clearly what they valued. He was in the top five among linebackers in, in 40 yard dash at the combine. He was what, four, five, one. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, moves well and was a, uh, a three year starter, I believe at, at Temple. He was a defensive back when he got there. Um, so, you know, he's, he has some of those qualities to him. And I don't think this is a guy who has like starter upside. But special teams player and a, a speedy reserve, uh, that's that, that's fine for a position that does not have much on its depth chart right now. Yeah, I think if he ever sees the field on defense, it's probably a bad thing. But uh, I mean, <laughs> well, he, most, he, most he likely. But the, Eagles, but the Eagles have the Eagles like had absolutely no depth at linebacker. Yeah. So, you know, getting a young guy who's fast could be worse. Fine pick. Yeah, there's opportunity there for those guys who otherwise would have, you know, like you said, who would not have a chance to play. So. I mean, this is a real shot across Alex Singleton's bow. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, so then it's at, at pick 200. Now, everybody knows that the rules of the Alley You Know draft um, can change sometimes. And what the, the, the rules are really meant to reward who can nail a late-round pick. And so uh, the judges decided that the rules of the Alley You Know draft this year would be the total pick total of the players that you nailed. And so Jalen Rager, 21, Kayvon Wallace, 127, and Jack Driscoll, 145, gives Sheila a total of 293. And uh, I had 196 with Sean Bradley, but then at 200, off the board comes Quez Watkins to give me a total of 396 points and crown me 
the owl you know champion, Quez Watkins. Thank you for your service. He, he has been my guy all along. When, when was this rule change made? I don't think that's that's up to the judges to decide. Okay. I don't, I'm not right. privy to these these changes. I'm Didn't a competitor. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, in, really. I mean, this, this I'm guy, not a judge. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is why that Bobo spreadsheet you tweeted out. I mean, I was getting ready to double and triple check that thing. I don't trust that uh, for a second. I need. You know, we have some listeners who who check all this stuff. I'm sure they can tell me uh, how much you kind of fudge there uh, in one direction <laughs> or the other. And if not, you know what? I have nothing really to do to do for the next four months. So I can. Uh, I I can do. I, I I can go ahead and do it myself. My conscience yeah. is my conscience is clean. I'm I uh, am happy to be declared the victor. Okay. All right. Who wants uh, Who wants this pick? Oh, well, I'll take it. I think I like Wes Watkins. Yeah. Like right. right. This right. This was Go my ahead. one of my one of my late round guys after Gabe Davis. I like Wes Watkins a lot. I think the speed really plays. Um, and how he said in the in the post draft press conference that when they took Hightower, they were debating between Hightower and Watkins, uh, and so they figured why not just get both of them. I like Watkins a little bit more than Hightower, but uh, I think he's a I think he's a good pick, and and we'll get to Marquise Goodwin. But those three guys, like all you really need is one of those three guys to be playable uh, at any point, and and it works out well. So uh, I think it's a good swing to take. I think we've learned that the Eagles were as um, disappointed and uh, frustrated watching that offense as we all were. So. Uh, they decided to get guys who can just run deep and open up the middle of the field for Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I, th- I think that's an accurate read on it. Uh, I, I mean, he was someone who I I liked the scouting report better than than like when I watched the the. And I'm not breaking down Southern Miss games, so I'll I'll you know I'll couch it that way. But in the in the in the limited uh, uh, things that I, I watched, I I liked the scouting report more than that. But yeah, I mean four three five speed. You can't argue with that, and he was productive. And it's it's a it's a vertical option. And he, I mean, there's a chance he's Shelton Gibson or Bryce Trags, or there's a chance that he's he's um I mean pick a a, a late round speed guy who turned out okay. And, and the truth so, is that like Shelton Gibson is not like the worst. It's not even the worst case scenario for a fifth round pick. He was a, no, he was a fine that's special a teams player, six, like, sixth yeah. round pick, right? You see, this was fifth. the he was this, fifth. He was yeah. fifth, I think. Oh, no, I'm saying Quez. Collins in the fourth. Oh, Quez, yeah, yeah. Quez, oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Quez yeah. Watkins is uh, the 200th overall player. Uh, this is the guy who Dane Brugler had a great write-up saying mm-hmm. he can be knocked off balance by a cool breeze and needs <laughs> more glass in his diet because he weighs 185 pounds, which th- those were beautiful lines. When I watched him, I thought uh, he did a lot of things well. I thought he could, you know, get past cornerbacks. I thought he could track the ball downfield. The games I watched, they gave him like 30 contested catch opportunities. You know, he he made some, he didn't make others, but clearly they were like, this is our best player. Uh, I thought you don't want him doing anything in the middle of the field. Like, I think you will get crushed by uh, NFL defenders if you do that. So it's kind of like a a boundary or sideline receiver. And And I would say the same about Hightower, but go ahead. Yeah, Hightower seemed a little bit more, right? Like, he's got a little bit more... uh, Wait till maybe him, a little I think, bit more no? wiggle too. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, I don't know, but um, so yeah, I thought that uh, like some version of Shelton Gibson uh, would not be a bad out. That's kind of who he reminded me of. So I don't think that would be uh, a terrible 
outcome at all. Oh, man. All right. This was, man, we like a Quez Watkins. This was the first one. We went 45 seconds over mm. on a Quez Watkins. But uh, one note that I did want to do here. So I, I was looking up kind of all these, you know, everyone's getting really excited on day three about these wide receivers. And so I looked up over the last five years, uh, receive, wide receivers taken in rounds four through seven. As rookies, they've averaged a total, this is not, you know, a high game or anything, a total for the whole season of 9.8 receptions and 112 yards. Mm. So That's actually so like, even better than I would have guessed, maybe. Really? 112 yards but average an, for a season? But as an average for a rookie, I mean, a bunch of these yeah. guys are never going to play. Yeah, well, that again, that's that's true. So uh, these are all sort of flyers or lottery tickets or however you want to describe them. And uh, yeah, the Eagles, you know, drafted for volume. Certainly today they had 10 picks uh, overall in the draft. And so you're hoping that, you know, maybe like, I don't know, one, two, two of these guys on day three um, really hits. But OK, we can move Quiz on. Watkins, to- I will quickly say, uh, let me give both of these guys since we spent so much time on those buckets. Uh, Quez Watkins, I had thought was in the young, productive, and fast group, but it turns out that he was a redshirt junior, so he's just productive and fast. But that's fine in <laughs> terms of uh, late round hits. There are this is the best place to find late round hits. Uh, it's your John Brown, T. Y. Hilton, Tyler Lockett, Emmanuel Sanders, Adam Thielen, and Tyreek Hill. Which I mean, those guys are probably faster and better than him. And I'm not saying he's going to be a thousand yard receiver, but it's a good bet to take. And uh, I like that he's from a smaller school with that profile. And then uh, Hightower didn't hit the benchmark, so he's just fast, which is also a good bet to take. I mean, obviously, the Eagles prioritize speed across the board. This is what they did. Um, And maybe, like, to their detriment, they were so committed to it. But uh, I like both of these players. I, I think that's a good theme. Let's uh, let let's come back to that bad boy after we knock out these these final ones, because I think that is a good point. All right. Who wants who wants the next one? Uh, I'll take Prince. Okay, go go ahead. Six round Prince Tego Winoga. Yeah, there you go. From Auburn. Yes, that's actually not a hard pronunciation. Uh, Prince Tego Winoga from Auburn, um, who uh, started at left tackle the past three years, uh, has a a very good athletic profile, came in there uh, as a defensive end, has a fascinating backstory as as well. I believe he came to the United States with $20 in his pocket. Is that right? Am I? Yes, I, I believe it. I read yeah. like one pair of clothes. I mean, I, okay. I don't know. A, I'm there's sure there's we'll a, get to read ask the, him. Uh, the Lindsey Jones story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and take a, so, uh, a no go. Sorry. Yes. Not no go. Yes. Uh, and, and, uh, I mean, you're talking a legit left tackle, a, a guy who, if he pans out, um, stays at left tackle, uh, which is hard to find that late in the draft. Uh, Dane Brugler had him in his top hundred, I believe. Um, and the Eagles drafted him in the two hundreds. And the reason is because there's a medical red flag. Apparently, you know, he, he had, arthroscopic knee surgery in um in january if my if i'm remembering correctly um and uh and and so that was the concern but um look i i i believe that take take big swings late in the draft that that that, that you can find base hits on the undrafted market but take a big swing take a, a, a guy who can outperform his draft slot and i think uh prince has the potential to do that yeah, have anything, Sheila, or I'm going to go? No, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to tweet out our story. Okay. I got. I like uh, I like a Tegawinoga. Uh, and as, as Zach was saying, I think when you have volume, which the Eagles were able to accumulate, you can afford to take some big swings. Maybe the second round is not the uh, <laughs> round Agreed. to take a luxury pick, but uh, 
round six, a guy who can be a left tackle. Listen, the Eagles are not 100% sold on Andre Dillard, obviously, and they at least need a swing tackle. I think it's safe to assume that this is probably a, a phantom IR guy for his rookie season. But yes. uh, Tego Inoga was probably my second favorite of the uh, interviews we had today with the players. Seems like a fun guy. And uh, I was doing that. I was doing that shadow draft, and you know he was always the last guy left on the board. And I wouldn't, you know, my rule was if there's like a third round guy, I'm not going to take him in the fifth round because I I'm just presuming that the reason he hasn't gone is the market thinks that his, you know, there's a medical red flag or something like that. But uh, obviously the Eagles felt comfortable taking that risk in the sixth round. All right, stall for like ten seconds. I got to uh, tweet this out. Good. Uh, I think it's a good. I think it's a good swing to take. Yes, they got uh, both the Auburn offensive tackles. Oh, that's uh, right. Uh, yeah, um, but no, and and look, he might not pan out at all. And yeah, I mean, I think there's a good chance that he doesn't. But exactly, but but it's your sixth round pick. Well, it's, it's why, like, why not take that shot? So that's well, that's and I answer. and in the grades, I compared it to like it's it's you should view it the same way you viewed Jordan Mailata. Like this guy's probably never going to be anything, but if he if if uh, his 90th percentile hits you've got a starting left tackle maybe he yes, can give you maybe he can have a king dunlap type career yeah i, I, mean, Auburn, I mean this guy did start three yeah, years seventh in the sec though sixth. Uh, jordan Mailata, yeah, like, this is a guy who's like, like a real yeah. prospect but but yeah. the knee is probably really messed up yeah um but yeah based but, on like, him it, falling it, to the it, sixth it, round exactly okay good job great job stalling there all right do you have any thoughts on on the prince I mean, what you got? Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, the guy, the guy played well. I, I think uh, Andy White. I don't know if either of you mentioned this. Andy Weidel said he did not allow a sack last year, mm-hmm. uh, the entire season, which is you know pretty good playing in the. It's crazy. Uh, they, t- they took a king and a prince, both from Auburn. There you go. So uh, played in the SEC. You know, was a good prospect, like you said. Has all the tools, and it's just a matter of the medical. I don't think you want to take like four guys with a medical issue, but if you're using a you know sixth round uh, pick on somebody like that, I think that that is perfectly fine. All right, where, where then, does this uh, leave us? The last pick, seventh round, two hundred thirty-three. Oh, you got to do this one, Bo. They're giving you a little shout out. I'm taking a little little shout out. Taking a young man named Casey. Yeah, Casey, young Tuhill. athletic man named Casey, just like That's the guy right. who lives in your house. That's exactly right. Uh, Casey Tuhill, who is a who who I think most people thought was a better projection as a three four outside linebacker, but the Eagles see him as a defensive end. Uh, he's very athletic, and he was really um, really only a one year starter at Stanford, but popped up with eight and a half sacks last year. Uh, judging by his interview, Zach, I don't know if you agree. My prediction for Casey Tuhill is that he retires from football after a year to pr- pursue Why? Pr- to, to pursue a non to pursue a non football endeavor. Why was he like really smart? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's the vibe. Oh, really? And he looks just oh. like uh, my friend Harry. So shout out to Gary. <laughs> okay. You sh- Harry or Gary? Well, everybody calls him Gary. But you call him Harry? No, his real name's Harry, but everyone calls him Gary. Is that a thing? That is that, or is this is just unique to him? No, that's just that's that's his thing. Oh, I don't know. Okay, all right. So everybody has has something <laughs> when they talk, and he has this thing that that uh, that a lot of um, or I was gonna say a lot of smart people. I, I don't know that uh, empirically to say that, but uh, where he says right. After he makes a statement, mm. you know, oh, he so, does do that. He, yes. he, it's like, so, well, you know, we're, 
th- these are interesting times for all of us, right? So it's it's that yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I called out. I called out your boy Solak on. Didn't he do that on the on? Oh, on this he might podcast? have done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. except yeah. he was except he was talking t- twice as loud or twice as Be- fast, probably. <laughs> because I remember at that time I name dropped my. Uh, I had a teacher in college. Uh, I want to say Jeremy Packer was his name. That could be mm, totally Pac-Man. wrong. It was like a, some type of media something class, and he did it constantly, and uh, it really got to me. Yeah, yeah that's so what that's, he does. Yeah, he does that. With, so he'll, he'll he'll make a statement, right? And then he'll, he'll, he'll say, like, you know, so. Uh, but no, he, he explained things. Uh, he explained things well. Um and, and the pre-draft Andy process is, is a real whirlwind, right? So yes, you know you're, you're going from yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and Andy Weidel said the thing that stands out about him is 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 his, he's a high motor player that is relentless and doesn't it doesn't quit on the football. Uh, so that's what stood out to Andy. Uh, but he 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 has like he has very good athletic traits. Um, yeah. My issue with this pick is that that they waited so long to add an edge rusher uh, because I think they have a lot of rotational guys. I, I don't need to go down that path. We've discussed that already. Uh, but I don't think they need, like, another rotational edge rusher. I think what they needed was a guy with starting upside. And uh, I'm, I'm still not sure, like, outside of Josh Sweat, who on that depth chart uh, has starting upside. Yeah, I think it's okay. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I didn't. There was not a spot in the draft. Well, I guess you. Yeah, I mean, certainly Second Jalen. Hur- yeah, I know. Yeah, I had. I'm taking uh, the Florida guy, Zuniga. Oh, Zuniga. Yeah. Who, who yeah. took him? I forget. I think the Jets. Someone took him in the, in the yeah. third round. Yeah, I yeah. I think the Jets so, did. So, so I guess certainly the second round. If you liked one of those guys, that would have been a good place to uh, to grab them. I agree. But you know, but on the other hand, you know, you've got your starters uh, potentially or, or likely, and Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett for this year. And then I don't have a problem taking day three swings and hoping that a Josh Sweat or a Sharif Miller or a Casey Tuhill or a undrafted free agent like maybe somebody uh, will emerge there. I, I do agree. Ideally, you would have drafted a defensive end who could be a rotational guy this year and then potentially a starter yep. in 2021. So that would have been nice to get someone early. Uh, he's an interesting guy. I mean, yeah, Weidel talked about his motor and his uh, – they really went all in on, like, the athletic testing this year. Yes, I mean, I'm sure we can in. talk about this when we – I guess we can get to it now because we're we're done. So good job, everybody. Wow, we did four minutes on Casey Tuhill. That was terrible. <laughs> Other than that, good job by uh, everybody. But, uh, yeah, he tested really well. All of their guys, I, you know, I need to put to, put it together in a, a spreadsheet. But if you don't just look at the 40 and look at some of these kind of composite athletic scores like – Driscoll, Was Driscoll a high spark? Uh, he above everybody was above average, so everybody was in like at least this you know 60th yeah. percentile, which is above average for NFL players. Um, so you know that it, that even is pretty high. And then some of these guys were like really high, like Two Hill tested better than like Chase Young. And oh yeah, Two Hill wasn't it? Kalevon Chase on yeah. and all these guys. So um, we'll see. I mean, he he, he turns twenty four in August. They did take some kind of older uh, guys, which I'm sure Bo will remind us of uh, often. But um, it's the seventh round, so yeah, I'm fine with with and that. There's, uh, and there's you know use. statistical evidence that uh, late in late in a draft, you are better off betting on like one carrying skill than on a guy who's like just okay at everything. So you yes. take a really good athlete. That makes sense. 
Let, let's get to Howie Roseman's uh, sheet of paper. Zach, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like you were when you heard that. Did oh, you just yeah. start like? I feel like you might have just gotten up in your house and like started cheering. I feel like that kind of nuggets right down your alley. So oh, you take yeah. us through for, it for seven years. <laughs> that's the life. kind of thing that's that. That's the kind of thing that leads a chapter of a book. It, for, Zach for seven, lives for it, man. For for seven years of my life, okay. If 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 I hear that anecdote, I'm saying. I got my lead right there. There's my <laughs> anecdotal lead in the Sunday paper. Okay, you pick up the Sunday sports section. The anecdotal lead is right there. Uh, and so that that yes, you you pinned me. Uh, you you got me down. Uh, that I was right between the I eyes. Was, I was hoping neither one of you would jump in with that anecdote because I wanted to be the one who introduced. Go for it. That our uh, I knew it. I'm not going to steal it. Go ahead, so, give it to us. So the day after the Seattle Seahawks game, after the Eagles lose to the Seahawks, Howie Roseman <laughs> walks into the office of Doug Peterson and then the office of, of Andy Wydell with a piece of paper that re- that read three things that Howie wrote down: Can he run? Is he healthy? Does he love to play? And he wanted those three questions to be the focus of their offseason. They had to and they had to check off those questions for everyone they brought in. Who's having a beverage right now, Bo? I know you are. Yeah, I am. And not uh, only am that... I having not <laughs> only know. am I having a beverage, but I cut my finger on opening the wine bottle. Yeah, mm. you know when you like you're trying to get that plastic on top off. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. Got a little, little, like a paper cut like thing. So, you know, I'm playing hurt, but. Band aid necessary? Like, was blood gushing or no? Uh, No, not gushing. Annoying little little cut. Those are sometimes worse. Paper towel to to dab it, but otherwise Mm -hmm. it's okay. Uh, I'm going to go get a beverage. You guys continue. Yeah, I'll be back in a second. What do you got, Zach? Bottle of water? uh, uh, Well, it's it's empty now because we, uh, we went right from. Mm. Howie to this, so I. Do you want to go get a beverage? <laughs> uh, no, 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 that's okay. I, I am uh, right now. I'm, I'm running on enthusiasm. So, that's, all right, tell, that's, tell that's me about cool. the, the piece of paper. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious what, what you think, and eventually what, what Shield thinks, uh, and Howie was asked about this. Uh, do you? I think like that, the, the follow up by last yes. was very good. Yes. Do you think this uh, this was an indictment, if you will, on last year's team? Well, yes, um, and the, we can we can get to whether the third one was a specific indictment of last year's team, but the first two absolutely were, and we I mean these are things we talked about mm-hmm. all year long. This was a, a slow team on both sides of the ball, and this was a team that for three years running has been not very healthy. Um, yep. Even though I guess in 2017 they were actually uh, better than average health-wise, but uh, yeah, so it, like, can he run? Is he healthy? That makes sense to me. And the, the does he love one. to play? Is like you know that how he how he said that's just a core tenant, a core belief of the team. And and I do like the like uh, the the idea that scouting staff is like, is this guy a Philadelphia Eagle? Does he really love to play football? Like that is what every team is saying. Like, is there an sure. organization's like find me? A fast guy who hates football, um, but I think it's hard to read that the the way he told the anecdote. I think it's hard to read that as anything as anything but an indictment of them believing that not everybody who was a major role player or who was a major f- player last year loved to play the game. Yes, that's right. that's how I interpreted it as well. 
What I missed? Give me uh, what I missed. I was here. Uh, for we the were talking about the story, but then I missed it. What, okay. what kind of what kind paper. of what kind of beverage did you did you grab? Just got a beer and a glass. Okay. Shout out to uh, two, two SP uh, Brewing in Aston. They they delivered this. Uh, oh, we got to give our shout out to our listeners. Yeah. I, I meant to. Cool. We meant to do that for the uh, pre-draft extravaganza. We'll do that for our, our Tuesday pod. We'll give the full okay. shout out. So message us again. Uh, but so w- the question, Sheila, was you know Les's follow up about the specific uh, mm. tenant of does he love to play? Was that an indictment of last year's team? What did you make of that? Uh, I just caught your tail end, and you thought it was. Uh, I, I don't know that. I don't know that I thought it was. Um, you know, looking at the player, I, I feel like that's just something that every team says, and like that's a core value of pretty much uh, every team. I guess you can okay, focus so you're on just it. Saying exactly what I just said. Good, good thing you. Missed oh, it. Uh, oh, I thought you, I, I, oh, I thought you said that it wasn't. It was an indictment. Well, no, I think that I think that the way he spun it is funny. That like uh, that's a core tenant, and e- meanwhile, every team in the league says that. Like, oh, we only want guys who love to play football. But oh, I thought I you were the, saying that for the play I like an the, eagle part. I think the way he told it, like the day after the season, I went into Doug, Doug's office, and I wrote these three things down. I, I think I think it, it was a part of it. Let me ask you this: Do you think uh, it has anything to do with last year's first round pick? Ooh, oh, I know that's right. There you go. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I could see that. You know, just the sort of well, they're obviously not in on. Uh, on Andre Dillard, I mean, yeah. uh, he's going to be the left tackle, but they couldn't be any more sort of on the fence <laughs> about his potential here going forward. When you look at how they handled the Jason Peters water stuff. gun to your and head, does Andre Dillard sign a second contract in Philadelphia? A second contract? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say probably the odds are against that right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Your first contract takes you a while. I, I would say, you know, like over under. Yeah, uh, I guess that's true. Over under one and a half. I don't know if I, okay. whether to go is, one and a half or two and a half years. Starting, is Andre Dillard the starting left tackle in 2021? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to stay on Andre yeah, yeah, Dillard Island. Yes. I mean, I think some of uh, you know. I think some of that stuff. You know me. I don't want a guy who really loves football. Mm-hmm. Like, get me the guy who wants to do uh, something else. He comes in. He puts in his work. He doesn't give up sacks. Uh, you know, he doesn't need to be burning the midnight oil watching watching film. Just uh, go out there and, and don't screw it up. So uh, when he played left tackle last year, like if he played left tackle this year, like he played it last year, I would say you would have a below average left tackle, but a starting caliber left tackle. So if, if that's the baseline you're working with, like he would have to get worse, uh, you know, he would have to really get worse or really just annoy coaches or whatever, you know, it would be, it could be that he would do wrong to kind of go down from there. And, and so there was a day during the season when uh, we were doing a podcast and Bo says to me, as we're walking up the stairs in, in NovaCare, says, says, Zach, do you want to host today? And I'm like, well, sure, I, I guess so, but I haven't prepared the host. I haven't done this I in a that while. Was, I thought that was like, uh, I texted you on the way to on the way to uh, Novacare. No, uh, uh, I, anyway, I forgot the details. But that's so, when I remember really throwing you under the bus. <laughs> um, so uh, and and it did not go well, and <laughs> and so I, I think that I think with with more time, with more preparation, uh, with more reps, it would have been better. And so I, I think that 
Andre Dillard ex- expressed, I think, like an honest emotion about playing right tackle. Like, I don't know if I can do, you know, this is, this is not something I've, I've, I've done before. And now I'm doing it against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and he used that analogy that that's going to be used against him. But I, I thought it was a really good analogy. You know, it's like, it's like writing with your opposite hand. Um, so, uh, I think much is made about that, but, Certainly well, you know, it's interesting, Zach, when you, you say that, uh, you know, maybe there wasn't a great reaction to that episode. But uh, when that episode was over, I got lots of text messages from from people around the podcasting world <laughs> from, you know, Mark Marin and uh, Ira Glass and Bill Simmons. And they were telling me they were really impressed with that podcast episode. <laughs> Yeah, they, they they thought there was no way that podcast was going to last. To the yeah. you know, you, you thought about doing it the next day. They said that wouldn't have lasted till till the next yeah, day. Yeah, that really, one had so. to. That podcast had yeah. to be recorded with you that day. It That's had to said. go off the board that day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there's really no that discussion is over. But oh my gosh, yeah, yeah Sarah yeah, really, Koenig was adamant. Who are the great? Who are the great GMs who are just like when a guy makes a terrible pick? They're like, oh, I gotta, te- I gotta text this guy <laughs> and tell him that was a great the best, pick. That has yeah. got to be the best part of the job. I feel like Bo, if you were in a front office, you would definitely be the person who I would assign to do that because I, I feel like you would really take joy in it, like laughing at what Dave Gettleman did, having your big cackle, and then texting him, hey, "Yo, DJ, awesome selection there, my man." Oh, uh, great! You needed to take him there. Love that guy. Headed for Canton. <laughs> but, you know, with Dillard, I will say, like, I, I'm more annoyed with the, or if you're a fan, I think you should be more annoyed almost with the Eagles than with Dillard if this I doesn't end up. 100% agree. Like, if this doesn't end up working out with him, and again, uh, I'm not uh, on that uh, on that island or whatever you want to say right now. I, I still think he has plenty of potential. But let's say it doesn't work out, or let's say they get to week four next year and things are, are really going badly, and there's, you know, whispers about what what Zach just alluded to, whether it's sort of, you know, um, kind of the, the mindset, it's more the uh, intangibles, those types of things. Like, this was all there. And, you know, I, I, I'm not like I feel like I bring this up way too much, but I'll, I'll bring it up one last time and then I won't mention it. But I wrote the feature on Andre Dillard and called his family members and his coaches and all the people around him. And to their credit, everybody was very honest and they told stories about his first year at Washington State. He's having a breakdown and he's crying in the end zone and they feel like they hit rock bottom and they had to figure out a new way to coach him. And then you know what? By the time he left there, he was one of the best offensive tackles in the country. I mean, his mom's telling stories about how he didn't want to go to football practice in high school. He hated it. She, her exact quote was, football chose him. He didn't choose football. So, like, there were all these different types of things, and you have to decide as an organization, like, I'm sure they found it. They knew all those different things. They talked to the coaches, and then but you make the decision. The that's, that's what I think is the concerning thing. Maybe they didn't know all those things, because, you know, you, you, Jeff McClain's story from the other day, they didn't expect Dillard to be within reach. They didn't do their full research on Dillard. And so to me, it is more of an indictment of the process that went into this selection than it is Dillard as a player. Because if they don't want a guy who doesn't like, you know, pound the pavement, love football and just wants to be a concussion uncle, then they shouldn't have taken him. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm saying I'm sure the scouts did their job. I know did sure, their job. Sure. You, you had the great story, and we know the, all the work they put in. But yeah, so you're you're right. Maybe something is lost in translation, or you know, the sort of coaching staff and the upper, you know, higher personnel people did not sort of you know think that that was an issue, and it was, or you know, they thought they could get over it, whatever the case may be. But I think uh, I do think when Zach brought that up. 
Yeah, I think that probably is what they were uh, alluding to when he said that. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what the next thing was. Oh, from the press conference. So we got the, we got that anecdote off. Zach, as you were writing that, that story for uh, the Sunday Inquirer in your head, what was uh, what was the next graph? Well, did you talk about the other two things, though, uh, on there? Can he run? Is he healthy? Uh, yeah, yes. well, so, so Bo mentioned that that's been their problem these these past two years. Uh, and, and frankly, with, with health, you go beyond the past two years. But that that they don't have speed. And that they can't, and that they're older and brittle. And clearly, uh, there was a correction this off season. I mean, that has been an absolute priority. And and and, and just in the the draft picks during these past uh, three days, that's been an absolute priority. And the signings, um, that's that's been a major emphasis. Uh, this team is going to be considerably faster next year like when you if you want to know one major difference with the team i don't know if they're gonna be better um they're they'll be younger but they're gonna be much faster maybe oh Oh, yes who knows if these guys all get on the field right yeah i mean well my my first thought to this is are they overcorrecting which it just seems like they do every year this year that year what screwed us last year let's go all like can't you just imagine a scenario where we're sitting here next year and howie roseman saying i went to doug after a little else in the playoffs and said we need to get tougher and stronger and be bullies on the field you know i think so it's i mean they just they drafted like they do they do this they do this all the time they pick a theme it's yeah. like that's all they do. It's really bizarre. Now, like, if you if you are going to pick a theme, I'm all for picking the uh, fast theme. But again, I mean, the odds of Quez Watkins or John Hightower having 100 yards receiving last year are under I mean, next year are under like 40 percent. You know, when you look at the the numbers. So did they get faster at one spot with Jalen Rager? Yes, absolutely. Did they get faster with Darius Slay? Yes, absolutely. So you are right, Zach, that in those two they spots. They got faster at backup quarterback. They got faster at backup quarterback. But that's like, you know, that's two spots. So I don't know that you'll watch them next. You know, if Deshaun Jackson is healthy, then all of a sudden you're talking about Maybe uh, a real difference there, but um, well, I think they would argue the the uh, the rest of the secondary through free agency is a little bit faster. I guess so. Who's who else is fast? I mean, What's Will Tavis Parks Brown? is faster than Andrew Sendejo. Yeah, okay, I mean, all right. Uh, well, Tavis Brown there you go. Super upgrades their speed, going to <laughs> essentially moving. How uh, yeah, we should have led with that. One. <laughs> Now making Avante Maddox your starting cornerback, uh, you you upgrade speed there. Over oh, I like that Mills. conversation. Let's get um, into that conversation. Is is he if they line up tomorrow? Is Avante Maddox your starting outside cornerback? Yes, I, I say Maddox. Oh. Or, yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. But I but I I do not think that Mills, Mills there is back in the conversation. Okay, so give me the, you know, we were kind of waiting for the draft to see what, I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, so if this is an issue, let me know. But uh, That's what we're going to do. I know, that's right, (laughs) for the next four months, as I said. (laughs) Uh, But we can make uh, that the Tuesday pod. We can do a depth chart in the Tuesday pod. Well, all right, that's fair, but let's just answer this question. Eh, Let's talk about it. Because we are waiting for the draft. We need something to talk about for the next three months. (laughs) We'll have something to talk about. (laughs) 
<laughs> we were waiting for the draft to see, you know, what picks they were, who, where they were going to use high picks, and then you get a better uh, look at what they have and where their holes are. And I think certainly cornerback was one where I thought they could take a corner yeah. in the first or second round. That would really be a starter. They did not do that. So they play a game tomorrow. What is my uh, starting secondary looking like? Go ahead, Zach. So I, I still think it, it, it is what it was going into the draft that I, I think it's Avante Maddox and Darius Slay on the outsides, and I think uh, Sidney Jones is competing with with Maddox on the, on the outside. Sydney I think uh, I think wow, Roby Coleman. I forgot about him. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think Roby Coleman is your top slot, uh, and then I I think that Jalen Mills. How do you how do you omit his first name and then not use his first name? <laughs> I think Roby Cohen's their top nickel, um, <laughs> their go. top option in the nickel. Yes, uh, and then I think Jalen Mills is the is a starting safety, and I think Ronnie McLeod's obviously a starting safety. I think Will Parks is their third safety, um, but I I think that I don't think Kayvon Wallace is is like handed this job going into into, oh, into the season. Um, but maybe over if 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 either Jalen Mills doesn't look good there. Or if uh, if if there's injuries, I I I think Wallace can find his way on the field, but I I think Will Parks is the third safety. Well, I, I will say that uh, Jim Schwartz does have those wandering eyes for uh, young defensive backs, where he's ready to uh, I feel like uh, get down on one knee and propose when he when he falls in love. I mean, we've seen it with you know Avante Maddox. It didn't uh, take long for him to get on the field, right? Jalen Mills uh, played as a rookie. Am I right about that, Zach? I, I was not here for that, yes, but he, yes, he right. Yeah, and I I, I I think even uh, Jimmy Kemsky has like looked back at his. Um, previous places and, and said that he is not afraid to start. I think it's been more corner probably than, than safety, but he's not afraid to play the young cornerback. So if, you know, if he was one of the guys pounding the table for uh, Kayvon Wallace and he says, this guy can come in and he's smart and he can, he's already played different roles in college and he can do it for us right away. Uh, I agree with you. you. We shouldn't pencil him in or pen him in or whatever you want to say, but uh, I do think he has certainly has a shot to carve out a role as a rookie. I, I think if you look at all the guys um, they drafted today, he would be the guy in best position to carve out a role as a rookie, right? Yes, but Shio, I, I need to correct you on something you said. Okay, okay. Yeah, very do important. it. You said the Eagles did not draft a cornerback. They spent they you need to include <laughs> Darius Slay in their draft according to Howie Roseman. Pick, yeah. <laughs> yes, they used. I, I really thought I screwed something up there. I was like, shoot, <laughs> what did I? Oh, what did Howie Roseman right. wanted to set you the should record. be taken to task. Yeah, yeah, Howie wanted to set the record straight here. He does not like how Darius Slay is being forgotten here. Darius Slay is part of this draft class according to Howie Roseman. When we put the draft class up on the board, we make sure he's there. We we've de- we definitely go off on this every year, don't we? Uh, yes. Bo, I feel like every year of the podcast, this has been a pet peeve of ours. Imagine uh, using a third round pick on a twenty nine year old. <laughs> well, well, no. The, I think the one that really annoyed us was when they said Sidney Jones is a part of this year's draft oh, yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get. You don't, you don't get to double count him. It was the year they didn't have a second round pick. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have a second, but but Sidney Jones yeah. counts. Yeah. Yeah. I think we lost our minds over uh, over that one for sure. Yeah, so that's okay. Good. Anyway, um, now I will say, like corner is the one position where, uh, with that second round pick, you can't really necessarily say they should have taken a guy. There aren't aren't a lot. Of, like there are only three corners who went between Hertz and 
Davion Taylor, Christian Fulton, who I know some people really like, but I don't think was ever going to be an Eagles pick. Um, uh, Michael Ojemudia, and who's the other one? I just had it. Uh, Cameron Dancer. So n- n- none of those guys is like stepping in and competing for a job right away, I think. So, uh, I mean, now, there are a million Wallace other things has... they could have done, but go ahead. You, you mentioned Taylor. Do you think – uh, which of these players do you think has a better chance? Well, that's the thing. Of, like, the uh, two guys sooner. they took on day two, like, and Davion Taylor is, is you want to tell me he has upside as, like, as a three down linebacker, uh, who can be a real difference maker. I'm willing to, I'm willing to buy it. But this is a guy who is not ready to play, like, on a, on a, on a defense, right? He's really raw. Yeah, this is really interesting when you look at it. So if you wanted to put a negative spin on this draft, you could certainly look at it and say Jalen Raker and Kayvon Wallace are going to be ready to help your football team in 2020. And one of those guys is probably a 50-50. Who else from this yeah. draft is really going to get yeah, on the field? Yeah, that's very – and that's high on Kayvon Wallace, obviously. Like, yeah, yeah, that's favorable. Yeah, like Davion Taylor can be a core special teamer next year. Yeah, in so Bo and round. I were doing this exercise after the draft where if you go on on the athletic, there's a capsule on every team's draft – and you separate it by best pick, um, a, a most questionable pick, and mm. then and then sleeper, and and we were debating best pick, and and we ultimately settled on Rager because he's the only one who <laughs> who like ha, it has a real conceivable chance of starting next year. Yeah, it's really interesting when you look at it. I mean, yeah, I've got the list of picks up here on a draft tracker. Well, and it's right also now. interesting if you look at the Eagles' history, like they. Every year, they take guys in the first two rounds who are, like, guaranteed to not be a starter that year. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, last year, they took Andre Dillard and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Uh, mm. The year before that, they took Dallas Goddard. Now, he can play, but, you know, that's hashtag resources. Uh, the year after that, the year before that, they took Sidney Jones in the second round, coming off a torn Achilles. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, and the year, and the other year, I mean, this is different, but they took Carson Wentz, and they had a quarterback. Uh now that's that's usually that's fine. That's you know the draft is not for this year. You should be filling needs in free agency, not uh, you know not in the draft, and that allows you to take the best value and what's best long term. But uh, this is not a team that like has had a lot of draft uh, volume at all, and it's not like they're a, a a young team. Like they need young guys to be infused into the starting lineup, and they. They they have not given themselves a lot of opportunity to do that. You're absolutely yeah, right, I, and, and yeah. I I actually this was something that that was bothering me uh, the other night that I, I didn't address this in the in the podcast. But on Did on it keep one you up hand, at four in the morning, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was up at four in the morning. Right? Um, yeah, we so, were still oh, doing yeah, the podcast yeah, at four in the morning. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, I just, yeah, I guess, <laughs> we'll call it five. <laughs> but uh, on on one hand, Howie Roseman saying that that the draft is not for this year and that they make all these picks for down the line. And then on the other hand, he's saying with, with, mm. with Jalen Rager, well, you know, we, we need to see how he fits in this offense with we have these intermediate targets in Ertz and Goddard, and then we have uh, Greg Ward and, and, and Deshaun. Um, it's, it, it, it can't be both, you know. It's, it, and so that goes back to forcing a, 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 a tight. But uh, that was on my mind when – Bo was talking about how they they draft guys who who aren't playing. You were going to yeah, go through I mean, something. It, Sheila, go ahead. 
Well, no, yeah. I think if you looked at the roster going into the draft, you would have said there are a lot of areas where there are there's playing time up for grabs. You know, like if you take a a cornerback, if you take a a safety, uh, a linebacker who's not the Davion Taylor right. profile. Uh, really, I mean, if you took a third like round a, linebacker, a, a defensive end to add to the rotation. Yeah, but it's sort of that's not really where. It went, and I know you don't want to reach, and you don't want to, you know, go for need, and all those different types of things. But if you look at it specifically on offense, uh, and you look at the roster, it's it's Jalen Raker. The mm-hmm. entire offseason, the yeah. addition is. J- Am I missing anybody? No, that's the thing. That's, that's the, the crazy guy. thing. It's and one player, and that exactly. that also yeah. does remind me of the 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 one thing Howie said tonight that I thought was the cr- the craziest thing he said. Uh, and and the thing that made me laugh so much was he you know I asked him about did you make the decision um, and I didn't phrase yeah. it perfectly this but did good. you did you make the decision uh, in the off season that you were going to address wide receiver in the draft you were not going to address it in free agency and he 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 said you know we were we essentially that we were checking in on those things both trades and free agency but that is basically what we decided but he's then checking down what they did in free agency. And the moves they made that they thought where uh, they thought the difference between free agency and the draft was significant, and he mentioned bringing back Sudfeld. Yep, yeah. Sudfeld, <laughs> yeah, right. and then they use a second round pick on Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that doesn't yeah, make I any thought, sense. I mean, I was just focused on the wide receiver part of that because you did ask the question. Like now, you can tell us, right? You you were like, all right, now you could tell us. Right. Did you approach this off season, and did you just think, all right, we're going to just gonna go big on the draft position? Yeah, like, and we're not going to. And he said yes, which I mean, he said we checked in on the other stuff, but we weren't really, you know, basically indicating. And I don't, we I don't really be, like that uh, approach, I but yeah, it's, I don't it's an that. answer at least. Yeah, uh, because I don't, I don't like it we'll because as we've talked out. about, you know, you you're not flexible. Like if if Caleb on Chason had fallen to 21 and you really liked him, then all of a sudden you're in a tough spot. But he like made a point of of talking about Sudfeld and how that was an opportunity where they thought the difference between the draft they needed to bring him back, and then they use a second round pick on a guy who's not even guaranteed to be better than Nate Sudfeld next year. That actually wasn't the uh, the answer about the offense that I, I found most perplexing, but give us yours. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so I I asked him now that the draft is 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 is, is finished, and I couched it. You know, I, I prefaced it because I, I know how he always says they're not finished acquiring talent, but they're past the the two big player acquisition mm. periods now for agency and the draft. Uh, where are you as as an offense, and how do you think you address wide receiver? And he said. Well, we feel like we're adding Deshaun Jackson this year, and Gosh. and that to me, um, if if that's what you're planning, uh, and it certainly seems like they're thinking that way, then that is a, that's a risky proposition to be operating as if like Deshaun J- that that now you're going to get a healthy Deshaun Jackson. There. Absolutely. A great point. And this reminds me, uh, I don't know how the, you know, 
credit to the Eagles. I feel like they've got the national media eating out of the palms of their uh, Yeah, what hands. is Jeff, all about it? What is this Jeff, all about? Jeff McLean had a, you know, a, a tweet that I agreed with today, <laughs> if you want to go check his, uh, his timeline. But like I saw all these tweets on my timeline quoting the 40 times of the players that the Eagles added and being like, oh, baby, Carson Wentz has an amazing, you know, look at this supporting cast. That's why I felt the need to tweet out the numbers about wide receivers on days four through seven. Like, you know, if Deshaun Jackson gets injured, they're playing Rager, Arthega Whiteside, and Greg Ward as their wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Better than last year, yes. Great, no. And so uh, you really, you know, I, I understand it was, um, they're, they're getting a lot of bites at the apple and you're hoping that between, I guess Marquise Goodwin, I, I should mention him, but lo, well, let's talk about that trade. Let, that'll yeah, get even, yeah. right into it. Because he was another guy that, you know, people are, oh, baby, you know, they got the steal. Marquise Goodwin flipped six round picks. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I more- was ready to kill that uh, until I saw what the terms were. It's, a, you know, yeah, it's a it's fine a move roll, to make. Yeah. It's a good flyer to take, and you're taking a bunch of flyers, hoping one of them works out. Marquise Goodwin has been in the league seven years. He's had over 431 <laughs> yards once. That's pretty good. I'm, like, I'm assuming he's he's not going to be on the team, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, right. I, mean, I think a, he, a $6.5 he's, million dollar contract. He's, a 45, yeah. he's got a 40% chance to be on the week one roster. Yeah, to right? me, like, he's, I, like, like he's insurance in case Hightower and Watkins just – just aren't yes. players. You know? Correct. Which yeah. is a fi- which is fine. Which is a fi- actually exactly. not a bad process at all. All right. So yeah. you go in. You go in and you say Goodwin, Watkins, Hightower. We need one of these guys to pan out and be like a legit, you know, rotational wide receiver who might need to start if one of our guys gets injured. Um, so you know, I agree with sort of taking a lot of swings at it, but at the same time, there very well is a scenario where none of those guys are good enough. Actually, the odds would say that none of those guys, you know, would be good enough. I guess there's probably a, a better mathematical way to look yeah, at I mean, the if, odds of if, one of them hitting. If 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 one of those three guys, Watkins. Hightower, Goodwin is uh, a number four receiver next year. That's a great outcome. That's what they're hoping for, right? Like, well, are they finished yeah, that, at I wide mean, receiver? Do you think it's everything they've done? It sure yeah. sounds like it. I mean, I know I we talked so. about going into That's the draft. Bad. Hey, maybe now, what got did you think about? What sleeve, did you think about but... Doug not mentioning Alshon? Oh yeah, let's get to that. Uh, but Howie then, who went oh, later, yeah. made sure <laughs> yes. to recycle Alshon. What <laughs> yeah. did you make of that? Well, yeah. So to, to put it clearly, you know, Doug was asked, I think, about, uh, you know, the rookie wide receivers and are you going to have to lean on the veterans? It's a weird offseason. And he said, oh, yeah, we are, you know, we are going to have to lean on the veterans and uh, Deshaun and uh, Greg Ward, who played for us. And, yeah, and I think that was he it. Those mention- are the only two guys he mentioned. Oh, he didn't mention Goodwin? Okay. I didn't know if he mentioned Goodwin Oh, he did Goodwin mention Goodwin. You're right. He did. Okay. He, did. <laughs> he even mentioned Goodwin. I think he, he mentioned Greg Ward, mean- yeah. 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 Oh, no. yeah, it yeah. Was, it was Ward. Yeah, it was, he mentioned it was Ward. Ward. Yeah, I think it was Ward. But he did not mention Alshon. And then how he came back, sort of, in a, you know, responding, I don't know if it was the same question, but a similar topic. And he was sure to mention Alshon, you know, mm-hmm. when he gets healthy to, I, I guess, juice him up for a potential trade. I don't really know, but uh, I thought that was very interesting. Agreed. So Alshon's not on Doug's mind, but Howie yeah. was making sure that uh, he, you know, his name was found somewhere in the press conference transcript. Um, one other quote that I wrote down from the press conference was when Howie was saying that you know we view today as the most important day, uh, or today is the most important night, which I think explains what happened on day two. They just they don't care about day two. 
So well, you know, yeah, light, it was, it light was that evident on, that light that pick on yeah. fire. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's the least important of the three nights. Yeah, that goes to my thing of uh, always look at what they do and not what they say. Yeah. They told you that day two wasn't important. With, oh, that's uh, true. <laughs> with their decisions, two guys who are not going to get on the field in any capacity in 2020, most likely. Well, well I you, mean, I think Taylor gets on the field. I, I, I do think Taylor gets on the field. Over under Taylor percentage of defensive snaps. Nine and a half. Oh, I was going to say like 29%. Under. I'm going under 29, <laughs> over nine. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm guessing here. I'm guessing here. Jim Schwartz is going to hate Davion Taylor. <laughs> He's going to hate I, that guy. You know what? I, uh, I don't disagree. It does not fit the profile of the type of player you would think he would like. I think that I, I would agree with that. I mean, great athlete, but maybe not, you know, great instincts. Is that the type of guy he's going to be able to put up with? I mean, I all mean, he has to do is beat out T.J. Edwards and Jatavius Brown. Like, that's uh, that's, T- that's it. That is T. it. T.J. Like, Edwards is going to be in the jail at Mills uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. going over to the Schwartz's for dinner, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a, a new Schwartz this year wearing an Edwards jersey. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, like, like that is the threshold for, for Taylor Snaps is, is Jatavius Brown and T.J. Edwards. Like we're assuming They're, Nate Gary is is going to be an every down linebacker for them, which is um, I mean that is funny. Like and, and so he's and, and it's so, funny that he's the three down linebacker, but and, and yeah. so T.J. Edwards last year took eleven percent of the defensive snaps, um, started four games. Yeah, okay, okay. and and uh, and they had, I mean they they had Nigel Bradham on the team. Uh, so yeah. this year, well, do you buy that they're going to they just they're Kendall. just they'll just play more dime because they've got all these nickel corners? I they guess should, so, but 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 like you, these guys got to be able to stop the run. And Malcolm was 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 very well, good. So at does Davion Taylor. But is is Jalen Mills all of a sudden going to be like this extra linebacker for you? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, these these are not great options. <laughs> so so you know you you got worse at linebacker this offseason. And then you lost the guy who was essentially like a quasi-linebacker for you, which was Malcolm. I could see like a seven defensive backs package, but they count. <laughs> but T.J. Edwards is one of their defensive backs. He's just getting picked on. <laughs> Schwartz yeah, I mean, like, just, just like, yeah, and then, mm-hmm. like, yeah, can't you just picture then the Prescott? For, well, you know, uh, Jim, T.J. Edwards gave up. It looked like eight catches for 400 yards to the uh Played 100% to the of the snaps. Tight he was end, completely tight gassed end. in the fourth quarter. And, and Jim's like, yeah, I know you guys think that, you know, that was on T.J., but, you know, there's some other... <laughs> He aligns right. And, he assigns right. And like I, I never, um, I never bought into the idea that the Eagles were going to draft a linebacker in the first round. But I, I thought what what uh, Daniel Jeremiah said when he was talking about Kenneth Murray was accurate. That you're in this division with with teams that can run the ball and guys who can I think run this the ball. is overblown actually I disagree okay. with that completely I mean their run defense has been perfectly fine yeah they've been in the top yes, but- 10 in run defense every year and their linebackers have been you know average to below average I would say every no, single but you're year you're taking away two of the guys who were I agree with the Malcolm Jenkins point I do agree yeah. with the Malcolm Jenkins point he was uh, outstanding uh, against yeah. the run so, so, so I will so I will concede that so, so yeah. now you're replacing Nigel Bradham and Malcolm Jenkins 
I certainly think it's an odd use of resources to take a a linebacker in the third in the top three rounds who can't definitely play right away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he can. By the way, yeah. are we sure that Nigel Bred there replaced? Is Nigel Bradham not just going to come back at some point no. when they at look this at this point? Roster? I would re- I would resign him, wouldn't you? Uh, probably for cheap. Well, he hasn't had many. Well, he obviously yeah. hasn't had takers elsewhere. So yeah. That's true. I think they were ready to get rid of him in, in the past, though. So, so we, I, I touched on this, but yeah, I think you're probably right about that. And there probably are other veteran linebackers out there. I think um, there was one guy in that building who who was who was like a big advocate for him, and then there was, and then eventually there was other, yeah. So, what does that mean? Who was the big advocate? Schwartz. Schwartz. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think All Schwartz right. was yeah. the big advocate, but yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, no, sorry, we touched on this earlier, but do you think that this is a, a case of them like overcommitting to the bit where it was just go down the line and take the best athlete and they didn't really let the draft come to them in that way? Like, oh, this guy's a, a really good player. He could fit, but he doesn't run fast enough? I, I, I think, think you can certainly question. make that yeah. case. I mean, yeah, you look at, if you just look it's at the numbers, too, yeah, the narrative is, is too, worth, is too yeah. tight. Yeah, this is probably worth writing about and digging up all, you know, the various sort of athletic scores out there. But yeah, they drafted a team full of great athletes and to be determined whether they are great football players. So, yes. Now, if if that I agree and I, I do think there was a definite correction. It was the first thing on Howie Roseman's list. And and by the way, Howie Roseman answered this question we should say what 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 prompted this. He was asked about the idea of of, of getting faster, and I think it was Dave Zingaro phrased it in such a way that uh, it's pretty clear based on your draft. You emphasize this was 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 this a major emphasis? And that's when Howie picked up the piece of paper. And, and mm-hmm. frankly, I I couldn't see on the screen. I don't even know if yeah, it, like, they, that they, was actually uh, written. The screen yeah. wasn't very good. Yeah, I yeah, couldn't so. tell either. Was that was <laughs> it actually written on that paper? Or was he holding up a blank white piece of paper as the prop? Yeah. I think it was or, supposed yeah. to be the paper. Really? Oh, so he was ready for that question. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you you, you got to remember Howie uh, also walked into Doug's office. One day, randomly watching Tennessee film, or, or, or no, I'm sorry, Joe Douglas's office. He was randomly one day watching Tennessee film, and he wrote down yeah, Derek Barnett's name. And Joe Douglas picked up the piece of paper, and Joe Douglas was, had had Derek Barnett's name as well. On the Do you know what the other one I remember on that is? <laughs> um, in uh, one day, Howie was watching a, uh, a Big Ten football game, and Andy walked into his office, and he said, "This is our guy," and it was <laughs> yes. it was Mike Kafka. Oh no! I thought it was Brandon Graham. No, no, no! It was uh, this was uh, this was a Mike Kafka from okay. uh, whatever it was 2010 or 2011. I remember oh, that gosh. one vividly. Well, wasn't that that was a Danny Watkins thing too? Wasn't there an Andy Reid story where he's like, Howie was watching this guy and called me up and said, "We've got our guy" or something? Or am I misremembering that? This was uh, kind of big. Sure maybe this is, maybe this just always happens. Maybe this. Uh, is, that's yeah. good. He wants to give us a nice narrative. He's trying to help us yeah. out. That's nice. Well, He's trying to give I you your anecdotal lead, Zach. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I appreciated that. Well, it is interesting in the in the theme of you know this is the first draft we're at in the post Joe Douglas era, and it seemed like Joe Douglas obviously was bigger on uh, production over a lot of these. You know, they did not have these types of. Um, testing athletes in the in the previous draft so um is this That's kind true. of how we 
taking that back a little bit uh, or, you know, this is something he believes in or is it just them watching the team last year saying, gosh, we, we cannot win and look at the Chiefs and look at Andy and look at these other teams that are just, you know, have fast guys all over the place and do we need to build the team like that? So there's probably more to, you know, dig in with uh, on that topic. It does always seem like there's there's like an overcorrection um, that just that that seems to always sort of come across with with Howie. Um, speaking of of that, I wanted to say that uh, I loved that like you know you've got we get the Zoom conference with the three guys and everybody on TV saw you know Howie's setup and Doug's setup and I love that Andy Weidel's setup is like it's in like his wife's room there's like jewelry in the background it's like it, it's much more uh much more common man i really like i really enjoyed that background see he's a he's a scout scout yeah well yeah that's his wife's home office that that he that he took well that remember he said that yeah yes exactly exactly and but doug I like that. has i i finally saw what bo was alluding to on our youtube clip um I say our, our YouTube clip, our, our YouTube live stream, our YouTube live stream the other night. Uh, Doug has a little sign in his mm. office, and and Bo, do you want to read the sign off to us? Well, yeah, because I actually wanted to, to you know give a shout out to you two guys because oh, God, you know this has been a, this has been a long uh, weekend. We've all been you know working at home with our families. <laughs> we haven't you know been able to have the normal draft, um, but it's it's been fun to be you know be able to be able to share this draft experience. With the people we love, um, and I just wanted you guys to know that, you know, any man can be a father, but it takes a, it takes a special person to be a dad. I mean, <laughs> I had no idea where it was going, and now and now I and now I have no idea how to respond. Uh, so I will. So I will I, move on to. Oh, go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. I have a big picture question with uh, the draft here. Uh, okay. So, I, I don't want to switch gears, but I I, I have no. Please do, <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, so the let's say that the Eagles didn't take Jalen Hurts in the second round, um, and, and they took AJ Epinesa, uh, or they took. I Willie think that's Gay. the right. I think I think yeah. AJ Epinesa is the right like uh, baseline Howie pick for what that pick would yes. have otherwise been. No, that's, AJ Epinesa, terrible athlete. No, no, that's what I'm Douglas taking a look no. here. Well, that's true, okay. but I, I mean, from Gay. A, let's say Willie Gay at linebacker. Let's geez, say, yeah. yeah, or Logan Wilson at linebacker. Logan Wilson went the first. Pick that's a good round. one. I think yeah, he. I old. think he was a good athlete. Yeah, Willie okay, Gay went to the Chiefs um, at, at at pick sixty three. Uh, I think Epinesa is the right, like, just for the exercise. But go ahead. From an athletic standpoint, uh, Julian, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Julian Aquara. Uh, okay. How about Denzel Mims? How about Denzel yeah, Mims? Yeah, like said, the pick was Denzel Mims. Yeah, sure, I yeah, think he that tests. might be the right guy. And then you don't need to draft two wide receivers yeah. later on. Yeah, um, You can draft no, a, you know, a, a fast guard. Uh, but yeah, let's say they, they took Julian Aquara to be um, you know, an, an, an athletic edge rusher for them. Uh, or let's say they took Matt Hennessy. Or, or they took uh, Jabari. And let's say they took yeah, anybody. Yes. Okay. Um, so, are you looking at, at at this draft like dramatically different? If that second round pick is a guy you're saying is at the least a rotational player next year, completely the, different. Yeah, I think the yeah. answer is yes. I yeah. mean, I don't even go think ahead. It, I think it. I think it totally changes the draft. If they took Epinesa there or or whoever Willie Gay, I think would be a little bit different. I think that would be a little bit of a reach. 
but if they took a if they took a defensive end who can be part of the rotation, or if they took uh, you know a safety there instead of Kayvon Wallace, Jeremy Chin. How about a right, Jeremy if they take, Chin? If maybe? they take Jeremy Chin, or if they take a, a, an offensive lineman, even if it's a a tackle who isn't going to play this year, but is uh, eventually going to help succeed Jason Kelsey and say Amalu moves over. Yeah, Matt Hennessy. Yeah, right. Or, or even if it's not an interior guy, even yeah. if it's uh, whoever. Sure. Yeah, I look at that completely differently. I think I think you know you get you get both volume, you get short term and long term help. But and and let's say they switch, let's say they take Jeremy Chin and a quarterback in the fourth round. I think that looks so much better. And I know they'll they'll tell they they will sell, and it's true that like the value of a backup quarterback is probably more. But there's we've already litigated this. We talked about it last yeah. night. There's no guarantee that Jalen Hurts is even going to be a good backup quarterback. Uh, the opportunity cost is so crazy to me, and it it totally changes how I would feel about the draft. I like what they did on day three, and I'm fine with what they did on day one. What they did on day two, the both picks not being guys who were going to contribute this year is is really frustrating considering that they also didn't have uh, other picks on day two it's not like it's not like they took Jalen Hurts and then took another guy who can you know be their third defensive end this year they just took Jalen Hurts yeah I mean earlier in the draft is when you have a better chance to hit on people and so you can't waste those picks and so if that's you know second round pick I wasn't even the biggest Denzel Mims fan but if that was the pick or Jeremy Chin the safety or you know like Zach said Matt Hennessy maybe you know maybe a trade down and you get trade back and you get one of those guys uh, and then you look at their approach for day three was quite clearly let's get volume on a bunch of athletes and hope you know a couple pan out which I think is a perfectly fine philosophy for day three of the draft so yeah it definitely does change it I mean you only had two picks in the top 100 and you wasted one of them on a guy who's not going to get on the field next year although we should talk about that I know we're going late here but uh, we should talk about Doug's comments there and then the other one uh, you know I think it's it's a linebacker who's athletic which is fine but man now thinking about it more given how just sort of the the larger scope of the draft um, I don't know that that was the the best pick either so uh, i think 100 percent, it, it would have changed it for me what do you think Seth? zach yes i agree i agree wholeheartedly there and i think that there are options there that uh it just it just completely changes the draft and then and then just the other thought exercise i have and and, and this probably isn't realistic but but let's say like they were in love with uh davion taylor and and they're like we don't know if he's going to fall to the third round, and we don't have a pick there. It, let's say they took Taylor with their second round pick, and Jalen oh Hurts God. with their third round pick. Um, are are you looking at at this draft uh, much differently? I don't think so. No, okay. I, w- I don't think I would okay. be happy with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, even if that was even if that was Willie Gay who went several picks later yeah. after Hurts, and then Jalen Hurts, I don't think I'd I would love that either. But I would like it certainly more than vice versa. At least Willie okay. Gay can play right away. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well. The did last guys, thing about her. Did you guys think that uh, Doug was doing like a, a read for a Microsoft commercial at one point when he kept name checking yeah, Microsoft? Yeah, really. What, what was, was that, that about? about? <laughs> that was my Microsoft Surface and our yeah. Microsoft Teams. Yeah. Was, set, 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 settle down. Really Doug. set us up for what, success. Yeah. So. 
I don't know what kind of orders you know Big Raj gave you guys. I feel like but, there was a. Know, I, bet, I, to, I feel like there was a, a like a league wide email that went out. Like make sure when you talk sure. of, when you talk about uh, you know the technology you're using, make sure you drop Microsoft. Of well, course, Belichick had to cover 100%. the hundred percent. Did you know? Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, so uh, you know, the last thing I wanted to get to was just Doug was asked about uh, Jalen Hurts and whether Lamar Jackson. And sort of, you know, his rookie year in Baltimore was a fair comp, Oof. and he said, and he said it was. <laughs> I mean, he he said it was, and I don't know what kind of. It feels like there's revisionist history, yeah. uh, you and know, there's the, with there's Lamar the Jackson connection. Yeah, so I mean, a few things here that I'll say, and you guys could tell me if you agree, disagree, or if I'm wrong. But so Lamar Jackson did not go there and start. He was, you know, sort of like. Uh, uh, I would have to look up exactly how many number of snaps, but like a handful of times a game, he would get the ball and Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco was the starter. Their season was going down the drain. They were among the most boring teams in the NFL. Joe Flacco gets injured. Lamar Jackson then has to play and they kind of start molding this offense around him and with the run game and all that. He plays well. And of course, he never looks back. They go to the playoffs. They, they lose, but then he comes back and has the MVP year. The next season like that to me is a very weird comparison to make like the comparison here would be that Carson Wentz is playing gets injured Jalen Hurts comes in plays really well and he never looks back that doesn't seem like a great scenario with me like they were not doing great great creative things with Lamar Jackson when he was the backup and also you know the Marty boarding bag angle there Mm -hmm. like like Marty Morningbeg wasn't they didn't think he was good enough yeah, to coach the offense to coach the offense with Lamar Jackson so they wa- offered him a position demoting him yeah. to lesser than the offensive coordinator and even when Lamar Jackson became the quarterback during that rookie season Greg Roman like took ownership everything with the run game was Greg Roman and then they were trying to figure it out with the passing game with Lamar Jackson so like any idea that Marty Morningbeg had sort of this role uh, I mean I'm sure he scouted Lamar Jackson. I don't know what he thought of him, but any any sort of thought that he had this role in like unlocking this MVP is is totally wrong. Like the Ravens got rid of him, and then Lamar Jackson won the MVP the next year, and they had this unbelievable offense. So uh, I thought that was sort of a weird. Uh, you know, I don't weird. know what Doug Peterson was trying to say or how he was trying to explain it, but I thought you know just I just wanted to make sure like our audience is uh, clear on sort of that storyline. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Greg Roman Shield because how long do you think, on average, it takes the average person to get to the doctor's office? We don't have any ad reads. To I know. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. I, I think uh, the 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 Lamar Jackson thing is so weird because, he, like, there was never a doubt that even though he was the backup that year, there was never a doubt that he was going to be the new starting quarterback at some point. Like, it's not a good comparison, and the idea that they have not fully uh, considered like their locker room ramifications of this are like either it's either we're dumb or they're dumb. Like either they think we're dumb for not be- for believing them or they're dumb for not having considered it. Yeah, I, I I pay more attention to the Carson Wentz ramifications than the locker room ramifications. Like I I don't think Carson is going to take too kindly to this notion of all of a sudden having these these gimmick plays with another quarterback. And we discussed I also that just don't, yeah, I just don't believe that that will be the case. 
Yeah. So you don't believe what would be the case? I don't think that he's going to be like. I don't think they're going to have like a Jalen Hurts package where he's on the field for. 10 you don't? Snaps, 10 I thought. Snaps I, a game. I do. I thought they pretty much said that they're going to do something like this. I mean, I don't know about ten snaps a game. Isn't that what Doug just said tonight? It's going to be like Michael Vick with the, his first year, where he came on the field like a couple times. Huh? Maybe and Don we'll McNabb wasn't thrilled about that. Yeah. Don, yeah, and and he was older at the time. So okay, uh, well, I do. We'll I have, have one. Of time I have one uh, uh, other thing that I want to talk about before we uh, we wrap because it's the draft weekend. What are your guys' reviews of the performance of uh, Roger Goodell this weekend? I mean, really, why um, don't you just tell us what your <laughs> reviews are? I didn't have the sound on for for uh, today, and uh, last night I, I I did not either. So, I'll, well, I've certainly point. had enough uh, okay. Roger Goodell right. for one weekend. But he, let me can I can I give you some of my list of grievances? Sure. Number one, and we have talked about this, Shield. You've got one job. Oh, this Roger. is my thing. Yeah, go, really. you go first. Well, yeah, uh, you tour Gross Matos. And I hope I said that correctly, but I'm not on I think it's national Yitor. TV. Yitor, uh, Gross Matos, in front of millions of people. I mean, he just totally botched the guy's name. It's the biggest moment in the kid's life. Uh, you know, he can't go to the draft live because of the circumstances. And, like, this is a guy who was projected to go in the first round, and you just totally butcher his name. Like, all you have to do for this broadcast is make sure you pronounce everyone's names correctly. <laughs> That's the uh, job. Especially... Yeah. Especially the guys early in the draft, really everybody, but especially the guys early in the draft. And uh, that just annoyed me to no end. Like, you just, you look terrible. When get you, the name when right. You can't, can't even get his name right. It's literally the one job you have, number one on your priority list. By the way, this goes back to, I remember he screwed up Marcus Mariota's name. Yes, the I number mean, one the pick number in the draft. Two pick, was he one or two? Two, whatever. Two, two. Winston, two. Yeah, yeah. The number two pick in the overall draft, and you know it's not a hard name. It you just come off as a guy who, unless the player's name is John Smith, you're going to screw it up, and uh, it just really annoys me to no end. I mean, how Although, feckless does Roger come across? He can't pronounce the names. He can't like he can't get through two nights of reading the names without looking exhausted and like crumpling onto his lounge chair because he's been working so hard reading these names every seven minutes like give me a break put in a put in an honest day's work roger although yeah I, well in, in regard to the uh, to the virtual draft i and i understand having it at a site is is a great spectacle, and it's it's uh it's probably a, well it's a it's a great source of revenue for the league. Yeah, I, I think imagine. that's the more important thing. And, yeah, and uh, and I imagine for the players, it's a cool experience. But but from from purely watching the draft, it's much more enjoyable seeing it these was guys so much in, better in, in their own element. And frankly, I, I I know it's logistically difficult for teams, but it's so much more interesting seeing these coaches in their own element as well. One hundred percent. The coaches and the players too. Like yeah. the seeing the players with their like with their families. I think. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would imagine that they probably would prefer to be uh, some of them at least like in front of the spectacle. But I, it was a much better viewing experience. Yeah, and and like the uh, the coaches, you you saw personality from these guys. You saw what you saw Brian Flores with the um, with the handshakes with his. With well, you got to see Adam kids. Gase meet his kids for the first time. <laughs> 
Like it, it's it was fascinating seeing the different rooms of the of the coaches. I mean, it, you know, you you had Matt Nagy with with what what was that? He was he, he oh yeah, has, what was that? Uh, yeah, the well, call I don't sheets know. as like yeah, uh, no, as, it, it was the flip cards. It was the flip cards that they give us of like every game. That's what oh, it, that's oh, what it was. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I believe so. It was the flip cards. That's weird. It was, um, and then uh, <laughs> some real yeah, so crazy stuff. Cards. And, and, then <laughs> you had, and then you had Belichick, basically like how I conduct like my fantasy basketball draft. Like <laughs> yeah. Belichick was just sitting there with a the laptop. Like how he had nine screens. He, he's if he I was to hoping to see Steve Belichick sitting on his lap at one point, but <laughs> no. But I mean Belichick, and then and then you have and I I loved uh, I, I loved what Shield wrote the other day about Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Like all all the different, I, but Cliff Kingsbury that was totally on brand. And if and if you saw it in the Cardinals draft room, it wouldn't be nearly as entertaining. Did you see Bo that your boy McVay uh, shares the same opinion uh, of Kingsbury as you? What's that? He. He, he he said he texted him. You're, you're trying a little too hard there, bro. Oh, he's definitely trying too hard. <laughs> yeah, but didn't McVeigh's so, house look just like Kingsbury's? Didn't they have, did it look uh, like they had the I same don't know. interior design? No, I don't think so. I thought McV- I, I don't remember seeing McVeigh's. Uh, okay, I didn't I didn't study it. But uh, did you see? Yeah, I can't remember when, a guy looking like he's trying like look, look trying <laughs> to look more like he's not trying hard, but trying so hard as 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 Kingsbury. Did you see Bill O'Brien getting upset about he yes. thought he had a trade? Yes. This is the best. Oh, clip I missed. I saw the. Oh, I saw the great. tweet, but I missed the clip. I didn't yeah, see that the clip. Great, it was great. He like hangs up the phone and it's just like yelling, <laughs> Demacho. <laughs> I mean, it like couldn't be any more on brand with what he gets made fun of about than just his reaction. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm dying. I gotta watch that. Uh, and then really the Mike Vrabel thing. I mean, the the Mike Vrabel thing was. Oh yeah, the Vrabel thing. That was a good controversy. Yeah. The other thing that Goodell does that I like is like he's. It's always very funny when he has to pretend to be normal and interact with a, a normal person. You can tell he's very uncomfortable. And you know those those things where it's like the video board of like you know there's like 40 different fans who are in there. He does this thing where he turns around and he like. He pretends to laugh at one of them and then like point at them as if that one can see that he's pointing at them. Uh, like this, like he's just like cosplaying as a simpleton. It's very like, give me a break. And also, when you think was the last time he wore a T-shirt before today? Come on, guys. You can do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what he does. <laughs> I mean, well, when you, when you, skull. Well, when you, you think he's ever when watched ask, a full football game? <laughs> yes. When you asked what I thought about <laughs> Roger Goodell, I was going to say I don't know. I saw a robot up there who looked like Roger. I don't. I don't know. I can't say for sure that that was actually a human being, really. And I know this wasn't uh, you know easy from a logistics uh, standpoint, but it, it was just too much of Roger Goodell. Way you know? too like, much. So, I like, like when like he moved to the, had a when celebrity he moved, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When he moved to the chair for the first time, he's like, this is where I usually watch my football. Like, like as if he has never watched a football game before in his entire life. I also thought some of the um, uh, p- padding on the back for, like, the broadcast was a bit over the top. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, credit to everybody who worked hard and had to do it. But uh, I feel like in our industry, it was like, listen, there are a lot of people doing a lot more, uh, you know. Yeah, they did a good job. Than, yeah, so it was, yeah, so they were did most a good of the people job. Who were working. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, like I, and for us personally, working, 
Um, and I, I can only speak for myself. It, it would have been great to have like the in-person press conference with Howie and Doug, but I, I, I enjoyed the experience of covering the draft like remote as opposed to at the team facility. If, because you're not getting the players, and, and I, I, I mm-hmm. like the, the players over the video call as opposed to us all sitting around doing the conference call. And just because there's just so much sitting around during the draft, I was able to, to get more done, I felt like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll see you guys uh, August. <laughs> uh, what do you think? You let me know. You text me and tell me when you need me. Yeah, yeah we know you're not Tuesday returning night. that call. Oh, oh, I do have to. I, I do have to give. Uh, I do have to give proper credit. Oh no, no, this is. I have to close yeah. it out. Uh, the turkeys to the kingdom. Uh, the six categories: trade up, trade down, stay at twenty-one. Zach won big there. Stay at twenty-one. Zach won big at uh, seven picks or fewer, eight picks or nine plus picks. Zach basically blew us out. In Turkeys to the Kingdom, uh, draft a quarterback he got, uh, first pick wide receiver we all got. I, I put a little bit more Lechuga, but not enough. Uh, Zach accurately predicted each of them except for wide receivers drafted. He had more money on two, but he had more turkeys on three-plus than either of us did. He, he blew us out, 350 to 291 for Shield to 263 for me. Uh, oh really? I thought I had a comeback with their when they when they traded for Marquise Goodwin. No, it wasn't I was enough. In on that too. No, on the- yeah, he mm. was in. A, you you put ninety nine, okay. but Zach had seventy five. So mm. yeah, he okay. he, right. he wagered very well. Uh, nice job by Zeburn. Nice Appreciate job by Zeburn, and the and the most prestigious of the games, the Duck Duck Juice Draft. We said it after it happened uh, yeah, that Zach was going to dominate us. He was going to mollywomp us, and boy did he. Wide receivers, uh, two plus. He hits two of those. Linebacker, he hits two of those. Offensive line, because he had inter- interior and tackle, he hits two of those. Ooh. He finishes with 18 points to 10 for me and 8 for Shield. An absolute Ooh. demolition. Uh, a donkey whomping from, uh, from Zeberm. So, Zach, c- congratulations. Your first Birds with Friends draft. Two out of three victories and the most important title, the Duck Duck Juice title. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So Zach wins two of those. I I crush you on the other one. So I win, Al. You know because the rules. No, no, no. no, no. So you need adjudicated. You you might want to do a fifty-three man roster projection next week to make sure you're all uh, buttoned up there because that's your next opportunity for a victory. I won, Al. You know, (laughs) Quez Watkins plus Sean Bradley three ninety-six to your two ninety-three. What a comeback in the sixth round! Thank you, Howie. There was another thing that Howie said tonight that made, oh made us God, think that he was on, a listener. Please, really? Wasn't there? No. No, there wasn't. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, to listening. To listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I think we're all completely wired. Uh, and, and, and for these gas. past few days, too. Like, the, the numbers, I, I, I've really appreciated seeing all the interest during the lead-up to the draft, and especially... Thanks to the, the Eagles for drafting Jalen Hurts. Gave us some juice. There were people who went on our i to our Apple Podcast review page during the draft and said, "I can't wait to hear this." Jam- uh, like, yeah. when are you guys doing your Jalen Hurts episode? Yeah, so I'm, so I'm very grateful uh, for you guys. Yeah. Yes, I really am. We are uh, as always. I, I don't feel that way, but well, we are as always great. Zach, uh, Shield loves the subscribers; doesn't care about the listeners. Uh, but I you know, can right. you can turn from a listener to a subscriber by subscribing to the Athletic for forty percent off at theathletic.com/slash/birds with friends. 
Download. And I do love the reviewers. Yes, leave reviews yeah. at Apple And they Podcast. love you as well, Shield. So. Um, <laughs> all right. That'll do it. I think we'll be back. Hopefully, we're going to try to get Coach Flynn this week and get his take on these wide receivers. He's been firing off some hot takes uh, this week. I don't want. I don't want to get him in hot water on on Roger Goodell, but I think we feel similarly. But uh, hopefully, we'll get him this week. And uh, we've got lots to come on the Athletic about this this ten player draft class. For Zach and Shield, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you. Words with friends.